I really do think about our employees or our learners, our consumers of our products. And we also um, are toying with the idea of learning influencers or what we call learn fluencers. So it's funny that you mentioned that a lot of other organizations say, oh, you know, I've email and I've Microsoft Teams and that's my only channel. I was having a think about that um, after listening to one of your recent podcasts and I just started to scribble down all of the channels that we use and I actually came up with 18. Hey guys, I have been so excited to share this conversation with you. It's our first ever guest recording for the Marketing for Learning podcast, which I'm excited enough about, but even more so because I've managed to have a conversation with a really incredible learning and development practitioner who has taught me a lot just in the 45 minutes we chatted. I was lucky enough to sit down and talk to Caroline Fitzpatrick. Caroline is the Senior People Development and Learning Manager at L'Oreal UK in Ireland, and she is part of a team of six who are actively executing marketing for learning tactics and strategies in their day-to-day lives at L'Oreal. As you'll hear from her, this approach is working. I really loved learning a bit more about Caroline. She's got a really cool career background. She's been at L'Oreal for about 12 years. And in that time, she's worked in retail, education, commercial management, and then has been in L&D for about four years now. And because of that cool background, you know, she's really drawn on her sales and marketing experience and applied some of that within the team. And that has led to a drastic shift in learning culture. In fact, so much so that her team's efforts have been shortlisted at the Learning Awards, which are happening on the 17th of February. Uh, Mass is also shortlisted for an award. So we're going to go and cross all of our fingers and toes. I think the thing that came through the most of all with me is Caroline's not afraid to experiment and test and that shines through in everything that she's doing and her passion for really helping people to realize their potential at work is so contagious that I left our conversation feeling energized and excited for the potential of marketing for learning. This stuff works. I'm not going to lie, I've listened to the recording a couple of times because I'm an absolute nerd, and every single time I have learned something new. I hope you do too. Please note that all views expressed in this podcast are Caroline's alone and are not necessarily representative of the views of L'Oreal. Hi guys, I'm here today joined by Caroline Fitzpatrick. She is the People Development and Learning Manager at L'Oreal. She has very kindly given us some of her time today to come and talk about the marketing solutions that she's introducing into L'Oreal in terms of improving their learning culture and increasing learner engagement. First and foremost, Caroline, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am an avid listener of your podcast already and I've learned a lot from you so far. So I'm absolutely delighted to be here. Oh, thank you. And I'm absolutely certain the learners will be learning from you today as well. The learners, listeners, learners, listeners, same thing. Um, So first and foremost, I thought it might be useful just to provide a bit of context in terms of who you are and, and your career so far and your experience within the learning and development function. Could you just give us a bit of insight into where you've been and where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been with L'Oreal for the last 12 years, but in a real variety of spaces. So I started in commercial um, and in retail and then shifted to education. 
for about two years. Then I made the, the move from Ireland to the UK. Obviously, I haven't lost my accent. Very strong Irish accent. I haven't lost my accent either, and I've been no. here for 21 years. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about your accent already. I'm uh, really looking forward to... Or actually, you're having a conversation with Hannah on where your accent's from, isn't it? Well, I, yeah, do I drop the bomb here? I don't know. Um, I, well, let's do it. So I, I'm actually... I'm originally from the States, um, I moved over to the UK when I was 13, but then after I finished university, I went traveling for quite a long time, snowboarding, as you do, hedonistic lifestyle, and was in Canada for a while and back in America, and so picked up the accent. So kind of got this like multi-layered accent, which becomes a bit of a Frankenstein, semi-Irish sounding cannibalism. I, d- I don't know what it is, but it's mine. <laughs> no, it's a fabulous it. accent, and it absolutely, <laughs> it gets people's it's attention. It's unique. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. It's a conversation starter, always. Yes, well, mine is a fully-fledged Irish accent. Uh, But I moved to the UK about seven years ago and continued down the the commercial route. But while I was doing that, my passion for learning um, and people development really was, it was too strong to ignore. And so I uh, made the jump into learning and development. And thankfully, um, L'Oreal is an organization is really great at allowing their employees or giving them space to just take their strengths and skills and leverage them in different spaces, like so to test and learn. So I have been in education, HR, retail and commercial within 12 years. And I think that is just testament to the learning culture that exists in L'Oreal. So you have your strengths. Let's let's see what we can do with them. Let's see how we can leverage them in the business. That's amazing. And I think having that level of exposure in different parts of the business has likely given you a, a broader oversight, not only in terms of uh, who the learners are and the different kind of thought processes that might go with some of those audience cohorts, but kind of give you a wider depth you know I think you touched on the commercial side and kind of get more visibility over how retail is actually targeting consumers and things like that so did is that where you kind of started dipping your toe into the world of marketing yeah absolutely so working with L'Oreal we have currently I think 36 incredible brands within our portfolio that we sell in UK and Ireland and so we have exposure to the best marketers in the world so it's very hard not to pick up tips as we go along Um, and that's definitely how I've looked at almost Um, looking at our learner personas, um, understanding the needs of our consumers. So I really do think about our employees or our learners, our consumers of our products. So where do we find them? What do they need? Because I think when you're solving real life business problems, engagement is never a problem. People want to work with you. And so how we approach our role as a learning function is really to partner with the business to create a culture where the development and growth of our people is really the key to our success. Sure, absolutely. And I love that you, you, you've you touched on something I hop on about all the time, which is your learning is a product yes, you are selling it. And therefore, your learners, you know, I, you know, I have a problem with that word at the best of times, yes. even though I used it accidentally earlier. Um, but, you know, they are your audience, they're your consumers. And, you know, reshaping that mindset is one of the biggest things that, you know, I think this podcast is hoping to help with is actually starting to think a little bit more pragmatically around, you know, people don't automatically want to learn 
they you know that's not kind of built in innately into us especially in a in an organizational or work-based context um so i think that it's really interesting to see that you know already the culture within l'oreal facilitates some of that you know failure and learning from that failure um but how you've kind of then started to incorporate that culture within your learning culture um you guys are actually up for an lpi award around the learning culture aren't you Yes, so it was the first time that um, we kind of got involved with learning awards, but we saw the Learning Culture of the Year Award with the LPI and we thought that this was the best place to to represent really what we're all about. So we're not about learning hours or anything like that. It really, what we're proudest of is the culture we're creating. And I think the psychological safety around our, our learning environment. So we, um, we are shortlisted and the awards are going to be, it's February, mid February, I think that they're happening. So we're really excited and hopeful that we will um, come first place. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Keep your fingers crossed from us for gold as well. Come on. Um, so get, tell me a bit. So obviously, if you're up for an award and you're shortlisted, you're doing some stuff right already. It sounds like you've got some tangible data behind some of the stuff that you're doing in terms of evolving your learning culture and sustaining that evolution as well. Would you be able to give me a bit of insight into what exactly it is that you're doing at L'Oreal that you think maybe is a bit more distinctive, uh, forward thinking or evolved in, in comparison to what we're kind of seeing generally across the industry? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a, lots of different things to share with you. I wonder what's the first one we'll look at. Um, actually, what you commented on and how we connected over LinkedIn was our Spotlight on Learning campaign that we did earlier this year was um, around the time of Learning at Work Week. Um, and we decided to really go big around this time. And it was it was an employee activation and engagement campaign really to showcase our learning offer. And importantly, it wasn't the what we offer, it was the why we offer it. Um, and we engaged the whole business and we had some really, really strong results. So I think we had over like 1,500 employees engage in the week. Our NPS score, our net promoter score was 89% after the week. And we engaged just different levels of the organization. So I think that was um, a really exciting activity or campaign that, that we ran. Um, the reason behind it, so we rebranded essentially. So we rebranded and we completely changed how we wanted to be seen first and foremost. It, it was about partnering the business and solving real problems at, at the right time. Um, but it's also about employee centricity so we're now seeing we were the the learning and development team and we're now people development and learning so putting people at the center of what we do and why we do it so that was really important for us and I think we approach this campaign with a marketing mindset so we had um, teaser videos we engaged our exec level team we had um, podcast style webinars we had live panel discussions with our um, senior profiles like we really if you look at how L'Oreal promote their products we use influencers and we use um, celebrities 
And if you bring that down into the organization levels, our celebrities are our exec level team. So our, our MDs. And so we use those as our celebrities throughout the, um, throughout the campaign. And we also, um, are toying with the idea of learning influencers or what we call learn influencers within the business as well. Um, which for us, we're just taking people who, are really great learners they're super learners they're really engaged in in our offer they their careers are have accelerated because of their um capacity to learn and their learning agility and we're using these profiles to share their share their passion for learning but also to help us to um, communicate our message, our offer, and to also help us to, to personalize and tailor depending on the, the audience that they meet as well. Sure. And I think that that strategy is actually really, really smart because especially those learn fluencers, they, they, they kind of offer two, they serve very two fundamental roles. They help to amplify the learning voice because, you know, <clears throat> for example, like you on this podcast, right? I'm going to share it on LinkedIn, then you're going to share it and you're going to amplify it to your audience. So having people that have uh, some level of influence across the organization, which can help to amplify your voice is absolutely intrinsic to getting wider buy-in. Um, and I think the other thing that you touched on there that I found very interesting is it's a very multi-channel, multimedia approach. So, you know, the fact that I saw a learning campaign on LinkedIn is very interesting to me because when I talk to L&D a lot, they'll come to me and they'll say, we've got an intranet, We've got some email capabilities, whether that's sat with internal comms or maybe they have their own ESP. Maybe they have Yammer or Teams or some sort of social sharing platform. It's really interesting that you're actually using wider external platforms to amplify and increase the reach of your learning campaigns. Is that intentional? Yeah, absolutely. So we really want to use our learning culture as a means to attract the best talent out there. So learning isn't just about developing our internal employees or our existing employees. It's actually about um, attracting the best externally as well. And the way to do that is to shout about our, our learning culture externally. So it's funny that you mentioned that a lot of other organizations say, oh, you know, I've email and I've Microsoft Teams and that's my only channel. I was having a think about that um, after listening to one of your recent podcasts and I just started to scribble down all of the channels that we use and I actually came up with 18 wow. that we currently use. I don't have 18 marketing channels. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear them. <laughs> right. So we start with email, of course. That's the one that everyone thinks of. You have MS Teams. We have a monthly newsletter that we use we have um a tv so we decided the learning team to buy a tv and put it in the office put it in the um the canteen so that we can share videos and share promotion and we bought it maybe four years ago and it was an investment at the time but it has absolutely paid dividends we have at times when we were in the office of course we have our posters our banners all of these um of course we have the intranet um but 
people. People are your channels. So I have your HR um, business partners, your learning ambassadors or our learnfluencers. But I think a key channel that you have to leverage is your managers or your leaders, because if they are not advocates of your learning offer, then you know, essentially we're in trouble. So that's really a key channel that we we work. Our exec level team, our senior managers. So how how we really use these people or use them is probably the wrong word, but how we leverage them. A lot of those exec level team members have actually been with L'Oreal since their interns or grads themselves. And so how they have learned has actually helped them to get to where they are today. And so we really use those as our as our celebrities, as I was saying. But then I think as well, we have like business updates. We go to team meetings. So we're a small learning team, but at the same time, we let our presence be known. So we have um, a, a building that has eight floors. And at times and on different weeks, we might sit on the third floor with a particular division or sit on the fifth floor, just so the learning team themselves can be seen as this channel of information. Um, and, and LinkedIn is just one of those channels as well. So I've only covered a, a few there, but it just shows that we shouldn't be kind of, we shouldn't be stuck with, okay, email and posters are the only thing we have because it's just not true. No, I, and you know, I think that that's, that's such an incredible perspective that is, is definitely needs to shift the mindsets within most people I speak to, you know, myself included, you know, there, there's certainly some channels that you mentioned there that I've thought, holy crap, yes, of course, <laughs> why aren't we doing that, you know, but I think because it's, because it's like L&D's kind of ensconced in this internal comms world, but they're often, in my experience at least, and I don't know um, how how uh, supportive or it sounds like they are, like inter- internal comms can sometimes be a bit of a blocker. Um, you know, they can be really restrictive in terms of the brand, um, but they can also be really tight on what you say, how you say it, when you say it. Um, <clears throat> might not even be willing to share their social media channels with you, though that's a different team altogether. Um, I was hoping we could just loop back to something that you mentioned a, a little bit earlier, and it's a thread that I've seen quite a lot in my conversations and it's that manager piece and how much of a a blocker managers can be in terms of really helping with the engagement and adoption even awareness you know if if you're looking at a kind of cascading downwards scenario if they're kind of not bought in it is very problematic and I'm hearing that a lot so obviously that was a very robust campaign that you you've delivered could you give any tips or ideas of what sort of stuff did you do to actually engage the managers within L'Oreal uh, with regards to the campaign and how has that helped to evolve the culture further? Yeah, I think one of the best things we did was actually the day one of day one of the campaign or actually beforehand. So we had a really cool teaser campaign, which was simply a 30 second video that we sent around and it just teased what we were going to do. But it had a lot of our very senior leaders do little snippets. So it really generated lots of attention. But on the very first day, we had a live panel where we had someone interview three of our most senior leaders and we called it the power of learning. And it was just an hour discussion on how learning has catapulted them to their success. And they shared some really, really interesting insights into what drives them to learn and what they've learned along along the way within L'Oreal. But 
again, it just reinforced the why behind learning. So the World Economic Forum, for example, I think it was last year, a study they did showed that by 2025, 50% of the world's um, workforce will need upskilling. So it's not a case of learning is nice to have. Learning is absolutely key to have to ensure that you are employable and valuable um, to an organization in the long term. And so that was a, a, a super success. I think over 200 people joined that session and it really accelerated engagement from there. So people looked at all of the courses that were on that that um, week and the engagement just catapulted after that session. We could see the rate of engagement. People were signing up to courses um, at a, an accelerated rate straight after that course. Wow, that's amazing. And I think, uh, so obviously as you're talking, I've got like a thousand questions rolling around in my mind. I love that you did like a teaser or a pre-campaign as part of your campaign, because again, that's a component I see often lacking where if L&D is indeed thinking about, okay, we have we have an initiative or we have a program or we have something that we want to raise awareness or, or instigate a change somewhere, they'll often do some marketing around the fact, right? So if it's an implementation of a new platform around the launch of the platform, there might be a little bit of noise, but it dissipates very quickly. And, and um, I think, you know, if you don't have that audience, like when I, back in the day when I was working in-house before I launched a brand, uh, one time, you know, I spent about six months building up an audience first, of you know, excited people who wanted to know what we were going to do so that when that brand went live, we already had people who were eager and interested and involved. And I think that that, pre, that pre-launch that pre stuff is really, really important because that's where you really start to generate the buzz. And there, therefore, you know that, that's an incredible facet of your campaign that may have not been as successful if you didn't do that kind of pre-campaign stuff. So I'm actually curious, how long did the, or is it, or is it still running, but how long did that campaign run? So it was it was a week long. It really was just a showcase of what we run all year round. So it was 36 courses jammed into one week. So we were hopeful that at least everyone would get a taste for what we offer. But the message really was learning isn't just this week. This is this is a showcase of what we have on offer all of the time. And I think one of the other things that we did during that week was um, we launched our peer-to-peer learning or we like it's employee generated learning so as I said earlier like we have some of the best there is in the business in L'Oreal and so oftentimes I think organizations think okay we have to spend loads of money we have to bring external people in to share their expertise but we see it the other way we can see that actually we've the best talent right there and all we need to do is give them a platform to share it so our um, peer-to-peer learning what we do is we go out to the business and say right if you are an expert if you are the person that people rock up to your desk and are like oh do you have five why don't you take that expertise develop a course with us and then put it out there um, and we had some amazing successes. I remember there was one course growing Ecom at Max. Um, it was a colleague called Supriya Gurbakshani. And she just, all she did for the hour was share uh, a project that she had worked on that had been successful. But loads of people in the business, I think again, 100 people joined to hear what she had to say. 
And the ideas that she sparked throughout the business was incredible. So we didn't have to pay someone to come in to tell us what to do. We just share what we do already. So that um, that has really accelerated our, our learning offer because it doesn't matter if it's e-com, if it's digital or commercial, this operations, there's so much talent within the organization. We just need to share it. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I guarantee that the people who attended that session weren't all from the function that she was from, for example, either. No. You know, there's so much to be learned from other areas of the business that, you know, and I think that's, again, another lesson for us in L&D. We have a tendency to get blinkered and, and sit in our little echo chamber and only want to consume or learn from trusted learning sources or, or whatever it might be. Whereas actually, you know, this user-generated content stuff, I think, is incredibly powerful. Um, you know, it, it, again, it helps amplify your voice, right? You know, you've got other people uh, kind of sharing the same message, living the same values, but they also become a conduit and provide something called social proof which I'm sure you're very well versed in Um, for our listeners who don't know what that means um, social proof is basically getting influencers or external people to vet or vouch for your product your service your business whatever it might be it's a reason why the likes of TripAdvisor uh, Glassdoor Capterra G2 Crowd etc exist because we trust the advice and expertise of individuals and people more than we do from say a brand so if the learning brand is going around saying learning's great learning's great like you're going to learn amazing things that might get hurt a little bit because of the incredible work that you're doing i think you built some great trust with your audience but people going around saying hey i did this thing with this lady and she taught me all this stuff and that was amazing and or you know hey i, I i'm speaking here do you want to come and listen like this is really different it feels like a really different message you know Yeah, I think one of the things that I was happiest with um, watching our peer-to-peer program was the fact that more senior members, so more senior people attended those sessions. And it just shows that like the learning culture within the organization, it's not like you can only learn from people who've been there longer or um, has have reached a higher level because we can all learn from each other. And another example, actually, I had created a course for this week called How to Be a Great People Manager. So one of our our people developer, one of our competencies, so we have five competencies that we look for in our leaders. And one of those is people developer. And what we discovered was it wasn't that managers and leaders didn't want to focus on learning sometimes they just didn't know how to so how to create a learning culture and so I created a a one hour course on how to embed a learning culture within the team and talked about psychological safety and all of those things and surprisingly an ELT member so exec level team so Karen Flavor Jones which who is an icon um, within the business (laughs) but this lady who in, in our eyes, like knows it all, attended my course and was like taking notes and, and really engaged in, this, in the session. And it really just showed all of the other managers and leaders that we can learn from everyone. So there's a huge ecosystem here. Um, and it's not just going on those three, four day formal courses with external providers. It is, you can learn absolutely everywhere and from everyone. Absolutely. 
an interesting, you know, I'm hearing such a very positive pro-learning culture across the organization, of which your team has clearly been very responsible for. I'm curious, obviously, some L&D functions don't have this sort of corporate culture in the wider business. There, there may be other things going on. Some of the things I've observed that I don't always see um, that you guys are doing is, you know, really networking with the business, acting much more like a business partner. And like you said, kind of facilitating ways to meet the business needs rather than saying, OK, well, you know, we've got budget to spend or or in worst case scenario where L&D kind of is just sitting there waiting for instructions from the business in terms of, oh, we need this leadership training or, you know, we've got new, new products, we need some sales training or whatever it might be order takers I think you know you guys were probably never that way by the sounds of things but there might have been a time when you were and it's it's nice to see that you're working as part of the business rather than acting in silo I suppose yeah absolutely um I would like to think so (laughs) and I hope that our results you can see over the last three years we do an employee engagement survey every year um, and from over the past three years, we've actually increased our learning score by 14 points. And that is, I feel supported in my learning and development by the business. So that really is a key indicator of where success is for us. Sure. So I just have a couple more questions that I, I'm more than anything, obviously, you're doing a lot. Um, from a marketing perspective and you know obviously you're building all the learning you're, do- you're doing everything an L&D function is expected to do and then on top of that you're doing all this extra layer of marketing communications and campaigns um, obviously your campaigns aren't running 24-7 but I expect there's still comms and messaging and things that are going out you know on a regular basis to keep that consistency piece going how big is your team? So we have a fabulous intern called Joshua Ryan. We have Emily Payne, who's an apprentice. Um, And then Sarah Wright, who's our project manager. Alona Pogakova, who is a learning manager. Myself and Vanessa Palmer, who's the director. So a team of six. And we work, um, we have three distribution centers. We have two offices so we've our Dublin office and our London office and then the three distribution centers so in total I think we've 4,000 employees right now and we are responsible for the onboarding as well of all of our employees so really looking at the complete life cycle and the learning journey of our of our employees. Wow. I mean, phenomenal work for a small team. I think uh, I'm not surprised you've been shortlisted. Question for you. Any of those marketers? Surprisingly not. Um, Although uh, Emily, our apprentice, I think is is going to be one. She has fantastic creativity and um, we use we use Canva. Can I say that? Oh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm obsessed with that thing. They should give me some affiliate link or something. I should be freaking getting money for the amount of times I talk about that product. (laughs) Yeah, so we use Canva and she's an absolute wizard on it. So we have some really cool campaigns that we do. And we always try to have like a quirky element. So as an example, we had um, Ecom U Week. We had a full week of e ecom upskilling for everyone in the business trying to get everyone to um at at the same level and afterwards she created a catalog uh but instead of it just being a basic catalog she created a 
a play on Deliveroo. She created a catalogue with all of the the key takeaways from the learning <laughs> week. Um, and it was just really cool. And we got so much feedback um, about it, you know, that it just, it, it forced you to open it because it was quirky and different. And then the takeaways were really short and snappy. So again, another way to embed the learning. Yeah, and then that's worked because it's modern. It links to things that are directly related to people's lives outside of the business. You know, I think we have a tendency to feel like, oh, we're in a corporate capability here. We need to be boring and stuffy and use the corporate casual tone of voice, which I always have coined that phrase where it's very boring and no one cares, right? It's just, you don't want to listen to it. So that's worked because it's something you maybe would expect like, innocent smoothies to do or you know like a brand that's totally outside of L&D so I think that that you know and the reason I asked that question wasn't wasn't to say you should have a marketer it's actually more to point out that look at what you're accomplishing without having any official marketer on your team like what grinds your gears with L&D like is there anything that you think, why are we still doing this? This is counterintuitive. It is completely useless in a modern L&D function. Yes. How much time do we have? I, I mean, think... as much as you need. <laughs> I think the first thing that really frustrates me is when we call it training. I don't know how you feel about that word. I know how you feel about the word learner. But training, it just doesn't reflect what we do and it doesn't reflect on us well. I don't want to be trained to do something well. I want to be empowered to do something even better. I want to build capabilities, not to train someone. Training almost gives the assumption that we know how to do it best and we're training you how to do it. We don't. We bring amazing people to the business to show us how to do it even better. So that I think is something I would love never to hear along the word, along with the the word mandatory and the focus on learning hours rather than learning impact. Oh, yes. I did a rant on LinkedIn about learning hours not too long ago because that one drives me wild. Like that's like me, like working with a client and saying, oh, yeah, um, you know, this campaign that we did, we had... um, 500 people open the email so what what happened after that (laughs) yeah or or worse okay I'm going to charge you for 500 hours worth of work but what did that work actually do yeah like it it, it kind of like it's so high above performance impact that it, it, it like to try and draw lines between that those two I think is incredibly uh well, arduous of us, I think, you know, I don't really get it. I think I think we've latched onto it because for a long time there, that may well have been the only data we had. But we are way past that now. Yeah, I think it's a good, it's an indicator of how seriously someone takes their development. But at the same time, it is one fact amongst many that shows how invested you are in upskilling yourself absolutely and final question for you 
Obviously, you've shared so much information today, digging into the depths of a learning campaign that you're shortlisted for an award for. Best of luck with that, by the way. I'll probably see you at the award ceremony, unless it goes virtual. Um, What is one thing that you would like our listeners to take away from our session today? I think the biggest thing for me is partnering with the business to solve real problems at the right time. So look at what what are the objectives of the organization and how can you partner with the business to make sure we achieve them? Not learning, not having their own agenda for the sake of having a learning agenda. It has to be aligned with the whole business because that's what will get them engaged. If we're solving real problems in real time, I think that's when we will be seen as valued partners. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Caroline, honestly, for giving me your time today. I expect our listeners have learned a huge amount from you and, and probably also have a, a lot of questions. Um, if, if, the, if there is a way that people could get in touch with you, can they find you on LinkedIn and, and all the kind of normal places? Yeah, absolutely. I would be super um, happy to answer any questions that people have. So just connect with me on LinkedIn. Fabulous. That's Caroline Fitzpatrick. She's the People Development and Learning Manager at L'Oreal. And she knows that marketing for learning is going to be a thing. It's going to be a thing. Wow, what an amazing first guest. I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I did recording and chatting with Caroline. She is such an innovative, forward-thinking learning and development professional. I love the fact that she has a diverse background and she isn't just from learning and development. I think this has given her a more well-rounded perspective on the business as a whole and also the wants and needs of her learners. As you've heard, The culture that she's developing at L'Oreal is phenomenal. And some of that, of course, has to do with the organization as a whole supporting that learning culture. But it is a testament to what her and her team of six are really doing in order to not only create fantastic learning experiences for their employees, but also really focusing on how they raise awareness of those learning experiences and how they continue to have engagement with their audiences long past that awareness stage. I think that she is really doing it all, and I hope that you've learned something from what Caroline has kindly shared with us today. Please join me in giving her the best of luck for her award next month. We do hope you win, Caroline, and I will see you there for a cheeky gin.